Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Not Your Average Gay, the podcast. It's me, Connor. We're back for another episode, season two, episode two. So thank you guys so much for listening to last week's episode and responding in such a positive way. Um, uh, So many of my friends reached out to me and just told me how much they appreciate me still doing this and still giving it the the good old college try. And so uh, I appreciate that so much. I promise this season will not be like last season where I was just getting started and then cut things off. This will be a season that where things will be prepared, done ahead of time, and it'll be more like a well-oiled machine, if you get what I'm saying. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Welcome to episode two. Uh, first things first, if you have not already, get vaccinated. Uh, I have received both dosages of my vaccine and it was honestly not that bad of an experience. In the last episode, I said it was a 10 out of 10 experience, but um, I also forgot that I had made these Snapchat videos that I found shortly after that were talking about some of my symptoms. And so I went and watched it and listed out some of the things that I was talking about. In it, and so a couple of things I was talking about was my nose was running. I remember this, but I took a lot of like Advil and stuff because they said you were probably going to get sick after the second dosage. And so, I, just to be sure, I took some Advil. And when I got home that night, I ended up taking Tylenol PM to try to go to sleep because I just didn't want to feel sick. You know, it's the worst feeling when you don't feel good. Um, my throat was kind of scratchy, and I remember I had chills on and off. But the thing about that was my air conditioning is out of my car right now. So I remember when I got the shot, I remember that I was kind of okay with the fact that I had chills. Like I remember driving around and like my AC was out and I was like, oh, I have chills right now. I'm kind of cold. This is kind of nice because usually I'm driving around drenched in sweat. So yeah, uh, get vaccinated. And if you're concerned, either reach out to your health provider and talk to them about the risks that you could have that you could be under to getting the vaccine and they can tell you whether or not that is the right decision for you and your family and also if you have questions go to the cdc's website they have a page for vaccinations and for questions that you may have about vaccinations so yeah it's a hot vac summer get vaccinated so you can go back outside and go back to normal Let's jump into episode two, everyone. Hello, everyone. I think I fixed the microphone problem that we had in the intro. I hope I did, at least. Uh, If not, just bear with me. The microphone that I usually use is broken, and I had to order another one, and it should be here in a couple of days. So hopefully, the next time I record, I will have a brand new microphone. This is the third microphone I've gone through since using this podcast. So bear with me. The Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games that are taking place in July of 2021 are finally here. We get to see one of the greatest athletes of all time, Simone Biles, compete once again. Um, Basically, I'm just going to be giving you guys a highlight of my favorite athletes that are going to be competing in the 2021 Olympic Games. Uh, As you guys know, I'm not your average gay. I like sports. I like politics. I like music. I like pop. I like movies. I like Lots of different things. Like I said, not your average gay. Uh, It's where the brand name comes from. (laughs) So in this Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games, I obviously am looking forward to watching the greatest of all time, Simone Biles, compete. She's a seven-time world champion, 
four-time gold medalist, five-time medalist altogether. Looking forward to watching her break more records and win more medals for uh, Team USA. Uh, the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games will be the most expensive Olympic Games of the modern era. The Olympic Games will include no foreign spectators, and all teams and athletes competing in the Games will have to arrive 14 days prior to their, to their event beginning so they can quarantine for an extended period in Tokyo itself. As of December 20th, 2020, the cost rose for the 2020 Games by... 22% to $15.4 billion. That was according to AP News. And as of March 2021, the estimates had risen to $26 billion or more in final costs by the end of the 2020 Games in July. By the end of the 2020 Games in August of 2021. Those costs include the extended quarantine housing for the athletes of all nations. It also includes the cost for daily testing for the athletes while they're competing so they aren't spreading the virus amongst each other. Uh, It's also for making sure that the Olympics are secured. This Olympics is in Asia, which is, of course, kind of close to North Korea. uh, It's in Japan. I did not mean to say Asia. Uh, Obviously, they are in Asia, but it's in Japan. So Japan is not very far from North Korea. Uh, Missile firing distance from North Korea. So... Obviously, the security on the games is going to be very, very expensive this year. Um, So, yeah, $26 billion or more in costs. They said that they do expect the cost estimations to extend above that $26 billion threshold. But that's the most most expensive Olympic Games in the modern era. In fact, the $15.4 billion price that I mentioned earlier would have been the most expensive Olympic Games in the modern era. So, this... $26 billion as of right now, Olympic Games. It's going to be kind of costly for Tokyo, but I hope it ends up paying off because I know the entire world is looking forward to getting back to sports, to uh, normalcy, and the Olympics are kind of normal. They happen every four years. They are literally the definition of things happening on schedule. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And also, it's a double whammy. We get the Winter Olympics next spring. So, that's always a positive. Now we're moving on to my athletes that I'm looking forward to seeing this year compete in the 2020 Games. Obviously, Simone Biles, as I mentioned, she's the greatest of all time in her sport. I'm also looking forward to watching Katie Ledecky compete in swimming. Katie Ledecky is a five-time gold medalist. She competed at the 2012 London Games and the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. She is also a 15-time world champion in swimming. Also at the 2020 Games, or 2021-2020 Games, is Allison Felix, six-time gold medalist on the track. She also has three silver medals, and she's a 13-time world champion. This Olympics is a little more special for Allison Felix because she had to go through quite possibly something that almost took her own life. She didn't take her life. That's not I said that wrong. She nearly lost her life in childbirth. That's what I was trying to say. Um... She loves her daughter very much, and her daughter, Cameron, being around for her to win another medal would be so special to her because she says that her daughter is the biggest blessing and the biggest honor of her life. So I'm looking forward to watching Allison. She's an icon and a queen. Um, Yeah, I hope she takes the gold in her respective events. Um, Also at the Olympic Games is 17-year-old tennis phenom Coco Goff. 
This will be her first Olympics. Uh, she's coming off a loss at Wimbledon to Angelique Kerber, but uh, that's okay. She's going to, I feel like she's going to be okay. I feel like she's has a chance to take home a medal. Might not be gold like we're used to with Serena, but uh, hopefully it'll be an opportunity for her to show her skills to the world once again and show how special she is. Also at the Olympics is softball. Softball and baseball are making their return to the Olympics. Softball hasn't been at the Olympics since the 2008 Beijing Olympic Games, where Team Japan beat Team USA in the gold medal game. Um, they're trying to redeem that 08 team, obviously. Currently, Team USA is the number one team in the world. They've won the last two world championships. And... They've just got a lot of uh, momentum and a lot of stamina they've been building up for over the last couple of years coming into these Olympics. Kat Osterman making her return is a big deal. And obviously Monica Abbott's on that team, the $1 million arm. Um, I think that Team USA is obviously going to come out on top. I hope they come out on top. I love so many athletes on that team. Um, Rachel Garcia, Aubrey Monroe, uh there's so many people on that team. I'm just, I'm struggling. Kelsey Stewart, Haley McClinney, just icons. So I'm looking forward to them all being able to compete for gold medals and to bring home uh, that elusive medal. So good luck to them. Love watching the game of softball being grown, not just on a national level, but an international level. Also, men's and women's basketball, as always, is there. Um, headlining the men's basketball team is Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bam Adebayo. Uh, players like that are going to be on the team. So we're not getting the LeBrons, but Draymond Green will be there. He's a good defensive player. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how these Olympic games do indeed go. Um, in basketball, this could be a year where USA doesn't take the gold in the men's side. Now on the women's side, they are heavy favorites. Obviously, Diana Taurasi, the greatest of all time, who just recently scored her 9,000th point for the Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA. She's the first player to ever do that, by the way. She'll be on the team. Uh, Jewel Lloyd will be on the team, making her debut at the Olympics. Brianna Stewart, Brittany Griner, Skylar Diggins, and Asia Wilson, just to name a few of the stars on that team. Um, also, justice for Neko Ogumake. She was the 2016 MVP of the WNBA, and she was left off of the 2016 Olympic team. She's also the number one overall draft pick in the 2012 draft. Um, she was the most outstanding player for the 2019 Team USA Barnstorming Tour, where Team USA traveled across America to take on college teams. She was the most outstanding player and leading scorer of that tour, but she still was left off of the Tokyo 2020 team. Make it make sense. It doesn't. No matter which way you slice it, it doesn't make sense. She, they said that the reason that she was left off the team was that she was injured. The day that the team was announced, she had four weeks left on her injury, which ha would have had her healed up and ready to go about a week before the Olympics even started. So I'm calling bullshit, but that's just me. Um, so yeah, justice for Neko Agumake. Also, justice for Shakari. Uh, Shakari Richardson, as many people know her as that girl uh, when it comes to the track. Um, she took Americans' hearts when she said she claimed that she was that girl and told her story and talked about how she had just found out that her mother had died, uh, her biological mother had died 
just before the team uh, the Team USA trials for uh, track. So it was a big deal when she won her Olympic uh, medal. She had been going through a lot, uh, not her Olympic medal, her when she got punched her ticket to the Olympics. It was a big de- it, sh- it was a big deal for her. So uh, and her life was forever changed when that happened. But about a week and a half after winning her trial, the the U.S. trials team trials, she. There was announced that she had tested positive for marijuana usage, which is a banned substance on the Tokyo or just the Olympic Committee's banned substance. It's on the banned substances list, basically, which is what I was trying to say. And when something's on the banned substances list, it's an automatic ban from that year's Olympics and a possible suspension from the organization, which is like Team USA. So basically, she got suspended for 30 days. And ultimately, her name was left off of the Team USA roster for the 2020 games. Um, Shakari handled it with the utmost grace. She n- admitted that she made a mistake. She smoked weed in a state where marijuana was legal, using it to cope, to deal with the pain of losing her biological mother. Obviously, she found out through a reporter, so it was kind of a fucked up situation where she found out. And she thought she was covered because it was in a a state where marijuana was legal for recreational use. So it's just a sucky situation. Personally, I think cannabis should no longer be used as something that you can be drug tested for because it ultimately doesn't affect your performance in anything. It cannot render your performance. If anything, it can harm your performance, which that should be up to you. If you want to harm your own performance and make yourself slower, that should be up to you. But the fact that she ran a 10-8 with smoker's lungs icon 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 sorry i need water but yeah she's an icon we already knew that though um yeah it's just fucked up it's fucked up but like i said she handled it with so much class much better than i would have ever handled it uh she tweeted saying quote sorry i can't be y'all's olympic champion this year but i'll be y'all's world champ next year and like i said i said this on one of my social media accounts that this woman is going to make every single person eat their words over the next few years. I feel like she is going to become the Simone Biles of the track over the next few years, barring injury. Hopefully she stays healthy. But I w- just hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And she is a strong, independent woman, as you can tell. And I feel like she's going to come back with a vengeance and take every title in her path. So um, just I love Shakari Richardson. Big fan of hers and the way she handled this. End cannabis testing now and stop faulting people for using marijuana. It's fucking ridiculous. It's 2021. It's legal in 19 states. Get over it. So, on a more positive note, um, I have a blog coming out. It should be coming out by the first of the month, uh, the first of August. Um, Basically, I'm celebrating using this blog as... A way to celebrate a year of having this podcast be around. Uh, It was a year ago on July 1st that I first announced the podcast. It was originally supposed to air on August 1st. So I'm hoping that I can have the blog up and running by August 1st. My original air date that I was supposed to have and supposed to use. So yeah, stay tuned for that. It's going to be staged like a weekly newsletter where I can talk about creative ideas I've been contemplating doing with both my YouTube channel, my podcast, some music, possibly, um, just other things, poetry, 
short stories. There's lots of stuff that I work on, and this is your way of using it. It's free of cost. It's going to be free of cost, so you won't have to pay me for anything. And it will come out once a week, either to your email or some other way. We're, I'm working with the uh, website developer to figure out a smooth way of doing this that works for my brand and for my podcast. So stay tuned for that. It should be coming out very, very shortly. I'll be posting that on either my website, which uh, if you don't have it, it's uh, nyag on universe.com or on uh, it's nyag dot on universe.com. If you want to see anything about that, I'll also be tweeting about it or posting on Instagram about it. You can follow those accounts um, at not your average gay podcast on Instagram or at capital N Y A G lowercase a Y capital P and then oddcast uh, on Twitter. So yeah, stay tuned for the podcast blog. I haven't picked a name for it. Might do a poll for that on the website or my Twitter. So stay tuned for that. Um, Yeah. That's that for the blog. Now I'm about to continue a long tradition that I've done for many, many years. Like I've been doing this since I was like six or seven years old. It's where I make a preseason top 10 for college football. I usually study up on the team's season the year before and based off of the talent they've got coming in and the talent they've got returning or preset injuries or just end of season storylines. Basically, I use all of that to compile my statistician brain to create this top 10. So here is my Not Your Average Gay Top 10 for College Football 2021. Starting at number one, we've got the defending national champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. I expect Bryce Young to step into this offense and take control of it like it's nothing new. I feel like the sophomore is going to come through for, for Alabama and ultimately, or he's a redshirt freshman, my bad, he's not even a sophomore. Uh, so yeah, I feel like Bryce Young is going to be the most talented player in college football this year. Um, so stay tuned for that. Alabama will be a force to be reckoned with, as they always are. Alabama. With Alabama comes Clemson. So Clemson's number two. Alabama's number one, as always. That's usually the top two the last couple of years. Um, Alabama. Alabama has their quarterback that's taking over the role. So does Clemson, their new quarterback. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but uh, Ogawele, yeah, I'm just going to go with that as his name. Ogawele, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, but he is he's a force to be reckoned with, super talented. Uh, he showed that even when Trevor Lawrence was out last year that he that Clemson wasn't all in bad hands, and he competed with a really tough Notre Dame team in South Bend. Considering the circumstances, it wasn't a bad game for him. At number three, we have Spencer Rattler and the Oklahoma Sooners. I expect Oklahoma to be in the college football playoff conversation the entire year, maybe even number one at some point. I do see that happening. Spencer Rattler's a super talented kid, will probably be the number one pick in next year's draft. And I just expect him to probably be a finalist for the Heisman at the end of the year. So stay tuned. Next, we have the Georgia Bulldogs. JT Daniels will have to do without Pickens, his leading receiver, but he does have the transfer from LSU in Eric Eric Gilbert. Um, I hope 
Eric Gilbert has the most success possible. He used to be at my LSU Tigers. Um, it just didn't end up working out. Uh, trust me, I understand what it feels like to go to a school and have it not work out and want to go somewhere else. Um, so I hope he has a great career at Georgia. But I expect Georgia to have one of their best years yet under Kirby Smart and be in the conversation for the playoff at the end of the year, as they always are. Following Georgia, we have Ohio State. They have to replace their quarterback in Justin Fields. Um, I expect them to be a top 10 team the entire year and compete for a playoff spot as well. Following them, we have Oregon. Following Oregon, we have Iowa State, who might just have the best year ever in their program's history. Stay tuned for them. Uh, USC will be good. They're number eight. Then I have the UNC Tar Heels. I think the Tar Heels will be um, having, will probably have one of their better years ever um, under Mac Brown. I think they're going to have a good season with Sam Howell. He's a generational talent. And then following UNC to round out my top 10, the Florida Gators. I don't like them, but I think Emory Jones is going to be a great quarterback. And I expect Florida to not really miss a beat and be just a few steps behind Georgia. Not much, just a tiny little bit. So yeah, that's my top 10. That's the Not Your Average Gay college football top 10. I'll talk about it a lot more in the coming episodes. In the next episode, I'm going to list my top 10 players that I think will have breakout seasons. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm really looking forward to this season of college football. I feel like it's going to be the best one yet, considering last year with the regulations and the not being able to have full attendance. I think college football will be back and with a vengeance this coming year. So yeah. Stay tuned and looking forward to that. Well, would you look at that? We got another episode of Not Your Average Gay come and gone. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we're going to go ahead and move into our Lachayim of the week. It's going to be the greatest of all time, in my opinion, one of the greatest athletes of all time, just ever in any sport, Simone Biles. So Lachayim to you, Simone. Good luck. Bring home the gold. I feel like she's about to break her own record, possibly, for gold medals in an Olympic Games. Hopefully she does. And yeah, um, so good luck, Simone, and to all the rest of the athletes competing for Team USA. Lachayim to y'all. What am I obsessed with this week? Well, let me just go ahead and tell you. Miss Olivia Rodrigo released an album about a month and a half ago or so, and she did not miss, like, at all. Not with one single song, one single track. All 11 of her tracks on Sour, her album, charted on the Billboard Hot 100. That's insane for a debut artist's album. Um, Yeah, Sour, I'm obsessed Miss Olivia, keep it coming. I'm hoping your next album is sweet and doesn't have me as much in my feels because homegirl, I was like crying over people I didn't even think I missed. So yeah, um, give la- list, give a listen to Sour and um, keep supporting Olivia. She's a queen. Love her. Um, yeah. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Not Your Average Gay, the podcast. Um, Be sure to go ahead and take the bull by the horns this week. Um, Whatever is happening in your life right now, I don't care what it is, push through it. You are strong. You're strong enough. If I could get through the living hell I've been through to get where I am right here, 
right now talking to you, then you can get through it. I promise. Um, you are loved, you are supported and you're special. So keep that in mind with every step you take that I love you and that you're special. I need to quit repeating myself. Have a good week. Spread kindness and love and get vaccinated. See you guys next week.